Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fire Stop. I'm your host, Chris Clark. I'm going to go right into it and speak about a common problem in our dealerships and garages. A common problem that won't go away. Actually, it's increasing. And our question of the day is this. Why do car engineers not think about the mechanics that will work on the cars they design and place commonly changed parts in hard-to-reach places? In other words, why do car engineers keep mechanics miserable? With each new model comes a new design, which is a completely new body, chassis, or engine altogether. However, sometimes it takes an unexpected problem for a mechanic to realize a design flaw and to reach out to the manufacturer in order to send the fix to solve the said problem. Other times, special service tools called SSTs are required to work on these same models. One could argue that there is the possibility engineers have no hands-on experience and have no idea what a mechanic has to deal with every day. One example a mechanic gives that he says stands out in his experience is replacing an expansion valve on some late 1980s or early 1990s Mercedes. He can't remember the exact model as he worked in a shop for the summer. He said to change the actual part when it's exposed should take one hour or two. The problem is it's crammed so far under the dash it literally takes two full days to replace. Basically you will spend a day and a half, I'm not exaggerating here, sitting in the front seat removing all the parts and passing them into the back seat. By the time you are ready to remove it the entire dash is in the back seat and you're looking at the firewall. I can't see how someone couldn't do it better. Couldn't do it better. They design it as if it will never fail. He just doesn't understand the mentality and he's absolutely right. I once ran a private shop that we specialize in air conditioning. Remember our guys working on, on a Mercedes and it took more than a day to replace an expansion valve. I couldn't understand it at the time until I saw the design and what my the technicians had to go through at the time. Manufacturers have to think about a lot of other things. Price, emissions, fuel, economy, aerodynamics, interior space, noise reduction, engine performance, interference concerns, production process, etc, etc. Uh, it's always a compromise. However, mechanics are the ones who receive the backlash from customers who simply cannot and will not try to understand, especially when they depend on their vehicles to move around. But upon the many comments I researched, I read a few answers some mechanics posted in their response. And here's the first one. And it goes, my experience is that it really went downhill in the late 1970s and early 1980s when manufacturers suddenly had to meet emission standards and they largely sucked at it. Since then, it's slowly gotten better. Sure, there's always some random bit that's next to impossible to get to, but the parts that are really commonly changed are usually pretty decent in new vehicles. However, you need to have the right tool and you need to know how to get to the part in question. I've seen people take apart half a car when they could have removed 
one bolt and been done with it but if you don't know what bolt to remove then you're all screwed at the end end quote but since the technology has improved we now have some mechanics who take the time out to find easier and more innovative ways to repair while posting their findings on youtube instagram and now tiktok modern cars have onboard diagnostics that go a long way to determining their problem and they generally require fewer specialized tools and of course they need service far less often to begin with i have a post here from daniel dibiase and he writes my 2004 audi a4 required a timing belt change every 75,000 kilometers and being an interference engine an interference engine um, are found in audis some bmws chrysler via ford jeep acuras and many others to perform this task the entire front end of the car had to be removed bumper fascia front end front end cap the radiator the oil cooter lights etc the entire front end he's talking about it turned what should have been a couple hour job into almost all day one and dramatically increasing the cost and this needed to be done every 75,000 miles or four years sorry i said uh kilometers or earlier it's actually miles in in any case so you don't want to play around and not do it i sold it before the second one was due an interference engine is, is a type type of four-stroke internal combustion piston engine which one or more valves in the fully open position extends into any era which is the which with the piston which the piston may travel i just wanted to put that in just to explain what the interference engine is all about so we need to make to make it known that an engineer's priority is ease of assembly not repair but get this and here's a typical example to replace a dead battery in a 1999 chrysler you you have to one jack up the front part front left part of the car two remove the tire three remove the wheel splash protector four replace the battery five replace the wheel splash protector six replace the tire <laughs> seven lower the front end part of the car and eight and pray that it starts sometimes it's just all about the mats auto manufacturers care about every penny in the manufacturing line you you have to understand that they will analyze ways to make the manufacturing process as inexpensive as possible if it means installing a part on a certain place of, of the engine in an assembly line can save one dollar per car in the manufacturing cost but means the car take an extra four hours for a mechanic to replace the car companies will do it in a heartbeat so you might think it sounds weird to be so worried about saving one dollar on a fifty thousand dollar product but it's it's the economic economic economies of scale rather in reverse here so if a car bills if a car maker bills 15 million cars per year they didn't save a dollar they actually saved 15 million dollars so imagine you are a car company executive an engineer comes to you and says i figured out how to save one dollar per car but the downside is replacing a part which will take four hours longer than it should you know what your bonus depends on and you know your bonus depends on keeping the cost down so you know what saving 15 million dollars means that you take home a hundred and fifty thousand dollars bonus so it's just that simple are you going to say no or you're just going to gonna go, go ahead and do it and deal with it i have a contribution here from arlen alexander and he said he needed to replace the starter of a 1969 scout he removed the bolt on one end and found it impossible to get the wrench on the bolt at the, at the other end he hooked it back up and took it to his mechanic he laughed and spent five minutes rummaging around in the bottom of his huge tool, tool chest and came up with an object that looked like a three pythons trying to strangle one another it was a tool made specifically to work on that specific bolt again these are called sst's special service tools that are needed to work on specific areas of the cars but exactly what does an automotive engineer do an automotive engineer works with other engineers to design and test brake systems engines fuel technologies and transmissions within a vehicle automotive engineers use software programs and other machine tools to design and test automotive systems for applicable vehicles they help to design new vehicles and ensure that existing cars are up to the standard and they work efficiently this field of engineers is research intensive and requires professionals to be educated and committed in their automotive engineering specialties to become an automotive engineer a candidate must, candidate must have passed class 12 or equivalent examination with science 3 
between physics, chemistry, and math. Candidates must also have also appear to for national level engineer entrance exams. Engineers are below average when it comes to happiness, as it turns out. The engineers rate their career, the career of happiness 3.1 out of 5 stars, which puts them in the bottom 40% of careers. This, according to Career Explorer, puts the average salary of a mechanical engineer at $72,000. A master technician makes much more money than that. Automotive engineers work in every era of the industry, such as the look and feel of vehicles and the safety and security of new forms of transport. While there is, of course, a focus to make cars reach high speeds, the modern-day engineer needs to consider the future sustainability and wider integration of advancing connected technologies. The work of an automotive engineer breaks down into three categories. Basically, you have design, research and development, and production. But I digress. But I wanted to explain the engineers that engineers are not mechanics, not have, and they never will be mechanics. Another post I observed shares his story here, and he goes, I've repaired a variety of things in my life, cars, appliances, computer, aircraft, rifles, furniture, tools, the list goes on. I've seen engineers and designers do things that make life really hard for repairmen. I've come to conclude that engineers should be required to spend part of their year building and working and repairing the products they design, even if it's just a month out of the year. If they if they were to do that, they would gain experience that's really important. Once they were turned loose to design their next product, they would have a better perspective, perspective on how things should be in the real world. Executives and managers may feel that engineers are too valuable to waste as repairmen, but that attitude makes them blind to the increased cost in the production and repair departments. Paying for one engineer to spend 160 hours as a repairman can save a company thousands of hours of labor in a repair facility in the field. Somewhere between those two extremes, there's an Optimax solution. Helmut Bama states that here might be the priority of reasons. To improve aerodynamic and reduce fuel consumption, the space in cars from today is very limited under the hood Under the hood itself. The fact forces the, fact forces the very tight and service-unfriendly assembly of all, comp all needed components. Fuel consumption processes are needed to pass government requirements and also the aesthetics and appearance to be able to sell the vehicle later at are higher on the priority list than the ability to service a vehicle from, from a mechanic later on. That is, different departments design a vehicle and a list of priorities is set in stone. To be honest, it's it's not on purpose, even if it seems so sometimes, to make it hard for the mechanic later. They just don't have much input into the, the decisions about accessibility in the design on the design line itself. Also, the way the vehicles are assembled together in the factory to save time and production costs occurs in different steps and situations outside the vehicle and not in that tight space a mechanic has to deal with later on to service some parts later. So sorry to be a mechanic today but it seems having smaller hands and flexible arms is definitely a bonus in changing components. Parts design parts are designed for failures which can be also to be designed to last longer uh, require more work to access the parts. Expansive reprogramming tools paid connection to the factory software to be able to change some electric electronic components and which is also true because there are the newer cars that come with more than 20 computers and diagnostics and modules and everything sometimes there's a, a software that needs to be updated on the com on in the car itself and that can only be done from factory fundamentally car owners pick the cars they buy it's not their mechanics american cars are typically well, were the easiest to work on that was because the average car and engine compartment was much bigger and many owners were 
on their own cars. As time progressed, the cars got smaller, more equipment components were added, and car owners worked less and less on their cars. So it becomes an ease of work. The truth is, routine maintenance should not be a major product project, yet sometimes it is. Even opening packages sometimes is most impossible. Hell, just the other day I had to cut open a, a resaleable food package and that will not open. I wanted to invite the engineer who designed that packaging over to my house just so I could kick him out and down the stairs for wasting my time, effort and materials to make a resaleable package that the customer has to use a knife to open anyway. It is a common problem across many industries, showing a lack of training for engineers so now it becomes less and less and less for the consideration of those looking to buy cars. There are probably a million decisions that have to be made in designing something so as complex as a car. There are even engineers whose job is just to allocate space in the vehicle and possibly other groups of engineers who work at separate areas to put different assemblies in the same place. Unfortunately, there are so many assemblies in cars these days that are not every part is given a good spot to be in. Plus, some decisions are based on styling. But I can tell you the one phrase engineers use a lot. Some maintenance person is going to curse, or curse us over this. And that is so true. So in closing, I have been compiling videos from mechanics to showcase their frustration from engineers, placing hard to reach parts in inaccessible places, which only makes the job longer, forcing customers to pay more. You can check them out on my YouTube channel titled How Engineers Keep Mechanics Miserable. So that's it for today's show. Please like, comment, and share. Until next time, this is Chris Clark, your parts manager professional. Respect. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Remember to rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving with a better understanding of the individuals who work in the auto industry. Remember the videos of these interviews are posted on my YouTube channel, Parts Manager Professional. Until next time, this is Parts Talk.